Your name is John Coffey. Greetings, you are now listening to Coffee Talk, and this is John Coffee. Here at Coffee Talk, we do this for the culture with new episodes every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern. You can check us out online at www.coffee-talk.com. That is K-A-F-I-T-A-L-K.com. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at John underscore coffee underscore. Follow me on Twitter at John underscore coffee. Be sure to like that Facebook page at facebook.com slash coffee talk pod. You can subscribe to us on YouTube at coffee talk hosted by John coffee. And we're also available on Spotify. Once again, that is K-A-F-I. Okay, first order of business for this week's episode of Coffee Talk. Here's my take on it. We're going to do something a little bit different this week. This is called the thin line between confidence and arrogance as an MC. I've always thought being confident in your craft and ability was a prerequisite to being a music artist and performer. You have to believe in what you do in order for it to strongly resonate with the observer. With that being said, I've noticed over the years that some artists tend to overcompensate for a lack of true confidence, which can often come across as arrogance. Confidence speaks for itself. It doesn't have to be explained. Either you have it or you don't. Not everyone has the determination to be able to sustain composure under the pressure of judgmental eyes and ears. Some people have a little voice in the back of their mind telling them that they're not good enough or that people won't enjoy what they have to offer if it doesn't fall into a particular category of acceptance. Artists that break through all of this usually have a level of rebellion in their creativity that allows them to freely express themselves without being hindered by this doubtful energy. The outcome of expression is the goal. Focusing on releasing your idea into the world first and foremost, more so than worrying about how it will be received by every single individual, especially those that may not embrace it. As they often say, you can't make everyone happy. For years I have witnessed a sentiment being projected by both fans and artists alike. This sentiment is the belief that fill in the blank is what people like or fill in the blank is what people don't like. Who and where are these aforementioned people? Your guess is as good as mine. Everyone thinks they are a marketing expert regardless of their level of experience or education. But with a rudimentary level of knowledge comes an uneducated opinion. At the end of the day, I feel that confidence is something that has to be developed via hard work and intense study of your craft. With a solid foundation, your confidence grows from a strong place rather than a flimsy one. Just as athletes train at an almost obsessive level when focused on achievement, so must an artist practice and execute regularly in order to sustain the confidence needed to overcome the potential stress of being judged by a critical audience. Now, how do you feel about it? Respond in the comment section below the YouTube video and don't forget to subscribe to my channel. Okay, for episode 10's edition of Coffee's Crates, we have a few uh, musical releases for you to check out. The first one is uh, our special featured guest, King Just, his debut album, released way back in 1995, Mystics of the God. It features production by East Swift of the Licks, also known as the Alcoholics. Staten Island legend RNS, legendary producer of artists such as Biggie and Tupac, Easy Mo B, a producer named The Mizza, and more. And it features 
uh, the Shaolin Soldiers, and more. We're going to discuss that with our special guest here in a few minutes. Next up, we have West Side Gun with 10, his newest in the uh, in the series with a name that he has uh, uh, changed due to some recent events. But uh, the production is by RZA, Pete Rock, Alchemist, Swiss Beats, Conductor Williams, and more. Features ASAP Rocky, Black Star, that's Yasin Bey and Taleb Kweli. Busta Rhymes, Ghostface Killer, Raekwon, Run the Jewels, that's LP and Killer Mike, ST Knack, The Griselda Fam, and more. And our last release for this episode that we want you to check out is Rockness Monster, formerly of Helter Skelter, with, you know, his partner, the late Sean Price. And uh, the producer on this project is Ron Browse, who's famous produ- for producing uh, Ether by Nas. The album's called Ether Rocks, and it features Method Man, Rusty Jooks, and more. So stay tuned to every episode's edition of Coffee's Crates, and we'll keep you plugged in with all the new music that's coming out into the underground. All right, today's special featured guest is none other than King Just, all the way from Staten Island. He's a legendary MC that was uh, with Black Fist Entertainment back in the day, released a classic underground hip-hop album called Mystics of the God. And we're going to discuss some of his views today on uh, hip-hop. How you doing today, sir? What's going on? What's going on out there? (laughs) The Royal Highness King Just, what's good? Talk to me. So uh, tell us a little bit about... Shaolin, the concept of Shaolin Zoo. That was something I noticed. I was a fan early on, and I, I listened to Wu Tang, and and they used to refer to Shaolin as far as the Kung Fu movies. But I noticed when I when I heard your album, you had you had your own thing. You had the Shaolin Soldiers and the Shaolin Zoo. Was that something specific to your movement, or was that just something that was common where you're from? Well, I'm gonna definitely say it was common from where I'm from, and I say that to say the whole martial art thing, karate, kung fu thing really starts from us, you know, growing up Saturday morning cartoons. After after the cartoons, I, I think it was around three o'clock, you, you would have the kung fu movies. Everybody would go upstairs, watch it, come outside and, you know, we play fight or whatever the case may be. Right. Eventually play fighting became hip hop because now, you know, we're growing up. This is, uh, I don't, I don't want to say the, the actual time, but you know, it was the golden era. We say the golden era, right? And in the golden era of us growing up, you know, we we was we would learn to like instead of like obviously not fight each other physically, it was more like okay, lyrically, you know, this is who I am. My, my style is like this. My style is like that. And and the zoo would consist of different styles. So you had you know the monkey style or you know prayer mantis or you know different animals and different different styles. So tiger style and you know you've, you've, you've heard of those like stuff like that right, before right. so yeah. these were these were we looked at as was lyrical styles that we would you know come with and like you know depending on what you would use snake style would be more like you know you you talking slick on the mic you real you real smooth with it you know what i'm saying like right. you know what i mean yeah and then like, like monkey style would be a little bit different or drunken style would be a little bit all over the place so this is what the Shaolin Zoo would, would be consist of as far as the styles of MCs and who, you know, 
styles that we use. And as far as the Shaolin, is what we call Staten Island. So where we're from is Staten Island, New York, AKA or known as Shaolin. I call it Staten His Land. It's mine, so I own it. That's what's up. That's what's <laughs> Let's up. Go. Yeah, yeah. So uh, as far as your uh, debut album, Mystics of the God, uh, what made you come up with that title? Because that's one of the first things that struck me when I was, when I first checked it out. I was like, wow, it's like you holding the globe in your hand. And it's the mystics. What's the mystical side of, of King Just? Well, if you, if you look at the uh, the bottom of the album or, or, or the actual album cover, it says the mystics of the God, and underneath it says the sex money, the sex, and the blah, say blah. Right. That was more or less, you know, I would say at that time, what I consisted of, my style and my rhyming and things of that nature like you know we, you know we, we smoked weed heavy you know we was into getting money you know what I'm saying we was into no women doubt, no doubt and um you know and the, and the blase blah would be everything else like everything else that comes with it so you know the things that you might not really want to even say on camera on on film so a lot of time we were talking cold so the blase blah was just that you know, that thing that was un unspoken of, if you knew what it was, you just knew what it was. But that was that was just what the style of the mystics was, you know what I mean? Like, I consider myself, you know, you know, because I, I ran with people that, you know, were God bodies, and this was like a, a understanding of, um, you know, what we followed and, and, and codes and ethics again that, that, that we ran with. No and, doubt. Um, that's what the Mystics of the God basically was. It was just, you know, uh, introduction of who King Just was, you know, coming out to be as an MC. Right, right. And uh, the first single that kind of caught most people's eye when it when it came out, I remember seeing the video on BET was Warriors Drum. Now that energetic style and you delivering that sing-songy chorus. What inspired you to do that as far as uh, musically and verbally? What inspired you to take that approach to your uh, debut single? I think just something it was never really been done in that aspect. Like, um, again, I'm from the golden era. You know, I, I, if, if you had to ask me what would be my uh, hip hop Mount Rushmore, right? right? So yeah. how, how many, how many is there? It's like four heads on there, right? Yeah. On Mount Rushmore? Yeah. And right, so my hip hop Mount Rushmore would be, and not in this order, but just I'm just saying, it would be Karis One, Big Daddy Kane, Rakim, Slick Rick. Oh yeah. So that's my that's my like that's if you if you put those those MCs together, that's how you get King Just. Right, right, right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's you know my elements of who I come from. You know, I'm not ashamed to say it. Oh, you know, on top of the fact that of course we me being from the island. And me growing up with a lot of members from the clan, you know, <clears throat> I used to battle and rhyme against them too, but we'll, we'll get into that. Right. But as far as like, you know, with, of an MC of where I come from, you know, my game, my Mount Rushmore is, is that. I brought that up to say, Slick Rick back in the days has a song, it's called um, Davy Crockett. Right. So in Davy Crockett, it was, you know, he was talking what he was talking. If, if anybody knows what that song is and you hear it, you'll understand where I got the Warriors drum from. Right, so right. technically, Slick Rick gave it to me without realizing he gave it to me. Right. So I, I pay homage to Slick for that. But yeah, I, I mean, again, I'm just a, I'm a, I'm a product of hip hop. So 
me coming up with, you know, ideas was just something where I would hear something in a song that, you know, somebody didn't do. Like how Jay-Z said, uh, you made it a hot line, but I made it a hot song or something like that. So right. I say that to say, yeah, I, I could take a line from something and turn it into a song. Right, right. So uh, you said about being a product of hip hop. Now coming up in uh, New York City, what was what was like your first discovery of of hip hop? What what's that first that first sound that made that caught your ear that made you say, yeah, that's what's up. That's what I'm into. That that hip hop thing. Well, I mean, technically, I'm born into it, and I say that to say my my first cousins and my sisters and brother they're part of a, a, a known rap group called Nucleus. So oh, if you ever, you ever heard the song Jam on it? Jam on it. Jam I grew on up on it in 1984. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Cosmo D, you know what I'm saying? I actually saw Cosmo Chili D perform B. in New York City in uh, at Gramercy Theater. Okay. So yeah, so that's my family right there. That's that's first cousins, sisters wow. and brothers, all of that. I didn't know that. Group. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I'm 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 low key with it, but yeah, that's my family. So my, if you want to say where my first whatever was their basement parties so the basement parties that technically I wasn't allowed to go to because I was I was too young to be there but I would still be able to be there because it's at my family house right I would I would you know sneak down in the basement and they would be rocking like you know it'd be they'd be jamming whether it be you know um like, how could I say? I don't want to say techno. I would say they they was they was they had club. They was rocking club disco. Like you know, they would they would just be jamming hip hop, R and B. So so for me, I I, I got a I got a, a, a early start on 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 the schooling of it. And I used to just love to come down there because at times, you know, Cosmo D. My cousin, he would let me rock the mic. He would be like, "Yo, alright, come on, man. I'm gonna let you show off your talent, man. Go ahead." And sure enough, you know, I, I get on the mic and I'll be able to rock the crowd. Right from there, I knew, like, okay, this is this is what I want to do. This is for me. Right, right. Now, I saw a few years ago, uh, Cosmo D passed away, did he not? No, that's Chili B. Chili B, okay, okay. R.I.P. Yeah. to Chili B. Cosmo, Cosmo D is still alive and kicking. That's what's up. Now, I do want to say uh, something about Black Fist, the, the movement, when you came out. Uh... What did that movement consist of? I, I did a little bit of research and I found out something about a promotional single with a group called Blo Boom Platoon and Militant Misfits and uh, Rugrats. Do you have any uh, affiliation with those or were they just your label mates? That's all Shaolin soldiers. <laughs> oh, it is? <clears throat> that was just that was just like subdivision names that was in Shaolin soldiers, that's all. Oh, okay, I see. Now, speaking of the Shaolin soldiers, we got Star Child, Baby Paw, Profess, and Leatherface. How did you guys form as a group originally? I mean, we all from the same neighborhood. We all from the same hood, and we just MCs. And um, I used to, I guess you could say, battle them. So in other words, how I came up, I came up battling dudes like, let's say, Meth, Kappa, Ray, You God, Deck. And when I say battling, meaning you know, we would see each other just like how you see in a Chinese fight. Right. Where the, the, the guy would see the other guy and be like, hey, uh, let me show you your style or whatever. And you, yeah. you guys would start sparring or start fighting. Yeah. It would be the same exact thing. Somebody would have a radio, somebody have a beat, 
and they'd be like, yo, what's, like, what's good? What you what you got? You know, and so right. it would be sparring sessions. Them, them, them being just a, a tad bit older than me, I was a tad bit older than guys like Fest Taylor and Leatherface and stuff like that. Right. Baby Paw and, you know, and we, we, we came up together. So it's the same way. So these were the guys that were with me on tour when I came out with the Warriors drum and, you know, was doing the music and things of that nature. These were the guys that were with me, you know, doing these, these, these shows and doing these things. So we, we just came up together. So as far as how we put it together, it's like, you know, guys being in the hood with the same common goals and interests. And we like, yeah, we might as well just do it like this. And me being the oldest, I guess I was, you know, that, you know, the head nigga in charge, I guess. Right. The album itself has some tracks, uh, several tracks produced by RNS. For those of you that don't know, which was like a mentor to RZA when it came to production. So how did, how did right. you connect with RNS? I mean, R is the grain. R is like somebody that was been doing it forever. Obviously, if like you said, if he, you know, mentored even, you know, RZA, he was somebody that was doing it for a long time. And um, R is just somebody who was just in the hood that would normally would you, you would, if you wanted good production and you wanted good music, you would go to R and S. You you would, you know, eventually. If you ain't make it to to RNS, you, you just you know you it, it was almost like if you didn't make it to RNS, you you really wasn't on like that, you know. Right, right. Like you had you had to go see him. Like like I guess now like you know, let's say for Staten RZA is the guy. You gotta you know to get on. You gotta you gotta you know see RZA. It's the same thing. So, right, right. You know. Right. So RNS was he from was he from Park Hill or Stapleton? Was he? Nah, he's from Stapleton. He's okay. from the, he's from the town. He's he's from Stapleton. So it, you know, big up to Stapleton for having a, a dope guy like that always in their corner that was always producing heat for them, such as you know Pop the Brown Hornet, Shaheen. You know what I mean? You right. had a lot of a lot of other cats that came, you know, through there that was that was pretty dope too. So the GP. it was just, you know, I, I big him up all the time because he he's the, he's that guy that made the sound that that we was as far as I would say Shaolin is known for. He he's that guy for that sound. Right now, for the listeners out there, uh, if you don't know, in Staten Island, from what I've heard and learned. There was a little conflict between uh, Stapleton, a historical conflict between Stapleton and Park Hill. Am I right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, that's like any neighborhood or any, as far as New York City's concerned, people know, like, if you're from, you know, A block and these guys are from B block. Right. You just, it just seems like it would always be a conflict or a problem. And when I say that, I mean that, you know, we had to go to school together. So in school, whether it be a competition as far as sports, as far as girls, as far as who dressed better, who got the flyest, you know, this, who got, you know what I mean? Right. Like, we was just always in competition with them. So, you know, it, it was it was only right that it would eventually turn out the way it turned out to be. Yeah, so was that, was that kind of going a little bit, like, against the grain or doing something unusual to work with RNS, being that he was from from another place from you or was that just a sign of unity there well no for me it was it did like for me it didn't matter because again 
musically, you, like we would have music already out. So before we was out as far as in the, in the world and people known us, we had music that was in our neighborhoods and in our, you know, in our towns right. that we would, you know, play. And it was like, if you, if you wanted the best production or if you wanted the best sound, you would go see R&S. Right, right. I mean, there were other cats out there. Let me not take it away from, you know, other cats that were doing music out there at the time. But I'm just saying, like, R&S was the guy at the time that, you know, people wanted to hear music. So for me, it, it didn't matter to me. It was, it, was, it was weird because, you know, me being from where I'm from, which is Park Hill, I had to sometimes slip into Stapleton. I couldn't just go right in like, right. yeah, I'm just, I'm here. Like, I had to sometimes <laughs> slip in. And it was, I thank God that, that RNS lived kind of like on the outside of Stapleton. Like, he lived in Stapleton, the projects, but his, his building was on the outskirts. So you were able to, be, you was able to slip in and slide in without nobody right, right. really seeing you. And you would have to run into anybody and have to fight your way out of the projects and shit like that. But, you know, I, I love it because it just, it, it made us who we are today. No doubt. And uh, that kind of also developed into a project you did a few years ago, that that same theme of uniting those two different places, uh, this project called The Emperor and the King, Best of Both Hoods. Could you tell yes, us a yeah, little bit that's, about that's, that? That's my joint right there. Me and Pop the Brown Hornet, we, we, you know, we grew up in high school as far as like, we was in high school together. So the same elements that I was telling you, the competition as far as the ladies, the dressing, music, everything was always like that. And me and him used to always like battle. Like I would come to school and I, I would have a rhyme for him. You know, the next day he'll come to school and he'll have a rhyme for me. And then we would just be going back and forth like, all right, you know, you know so we it was it was only, you know, only a matter of time for us to say, you know, what are we doing? Like, let's. Let's put together a project and let them know that we still out here, we still doing music, we still alive. You know, because again, for me, like, he, cause not, and I'm gonna I'm give him his props because he the one that more pumped me up to do this shit because he was like, yo, we, we need to just, you know, take it to that level where dudes know that we still out here and we still doing whatever. For me, I, it didn't matter to me. Like, if I did music all the time, I still do music. So I'm never, you know, at a point where I'm not doing music where I gotta show people that, hey, yo, here I am, I'm doing music. Right. I just know that for me, as far as the business is concerned, if you don't if you don't know it and you don't understand it, man, you, you're dealing with sharks and you, you, you know, unless you can afford it, it, for me, it ain't worth it. Right, right. See, that leads into something we were talking about a little earlier before the interview. You kind of have like, uh, I guess you could say a disliking of the industry or it kind of like you kind of burn out with the industry. Could, could you uh, tell our listeners out there, like, what what did you go through while you were uh, in the industry releasing music early on that kind of maybe made you feel that way or, or led to you feeling that way? I mean, obviously, in, in let's say in the society that we live in today, everybody's looking to, you know, make some money take care of their family, feed their kids if they have any. Yeah. You know, take care of their family, do the things that they're supposed to do. Or maybe just want to live, you know, nice, live comfortably. A lot of times, you know, you had everybody's hand in the cookie jar. And if you didn't understand the business, the rapper's the last person to get paid. Right. So he's the one that's on the front line. He's the one that's, you know, every night out there singing, dancing, or doing whatever that he does. 
making the music in the studio, sleepless nights, leaving his family, so on and so on. But then now everyone gets paid first. Right. The producer gets paid, the, the label gets paid, the lawyers get paid, the publisher gets paid, the, you know what I'm saying? Everyone else gets paid except you. You get paid last as far as the artist right. or the, the musician. Depending on how you, again, how you have your company set up or whatever the case may be. And for me, you know, I was an independent company, but I wasn't the guy who was the boss of that. So I was just in a deal where I wasn't receiving the money that I should have been receiving. And then years later, you know, after I stopped, you know, miss, let's say maybe coming out and putting out music, I would sit down with certain people and, you know, that were in the industry and they would tell me like, oh, you made this company over a million dollars and you did this and such and such. And they could, they could show me this on black and white, you know, wow. with the record sales and, the, and the, you know, sound scan at the time, you know, and I'm like, because at that time there was no uh, streaming services. Streams, right, yeah. It was no streaming at the time, so a lot of times everything is just based off a sound scan, or, you know, what was sold off a billboard or whatever. And when they told me my numbers and they told me how I made the company over a million dollars, and then I, I met a, another person who said, hey, you know, I, I, I gave this company that you were signed to, which was Select Records, he's like, yo, I gave them a million dollars because you were signed to them. Mind you, I wasn't actually signed to them. It was, it was Black like Fist. a, right, it was Black Fist who was signed to them, not actually me. So it was just a whole lot of, wow, a lot of money was being exchanged and not, not near, none of it fell in my direction. Right. So I, I felt, a, I felt the type of way about that. And, you know, for me, it was just like, you know, until I understand it and know what it is, I'm just gonna, fall back and you know take care of my family the best way i know how and um that's that's experience that's been has been good that's been great i i have no no complaints whatsoever and again i could do music anytime i want anytime i feel like it there's no labels telling me when i could drop and you know seeing that the game has changed with the streaming services and things of that nature it, it's it's so different now like you know most artists don't really need a label Unless you know, I don't know. Unless you're trying to use other people's money, that's what I only see that for. Right. Other right. than that, yeah. right now you don't even need a label. No doubt. As far as you know, like at the time where I came up, where record labels signed you and put your music out, you don't right. need that anymore. I think that was real uh, profound what you said about the artist, the front man, taking all of the risk and getting minimum payoff, maximum risk, minimum payoff. Yeah, that's a. That's a real uh, right. deep perspective on it. I feel that I feel that's so unfair. Yeah. <laughs> and then with the with the, the new deals with the whole three sixty deals, now that's like saying anything you make all around the board. So whether it's a sneaker endorsement, whether it's you know, whatever it is, I get a piece of it. Right. Yeah, that's crazy. How how, how does an artist survive? Right. Like you you would see like you you wouldn't believe it because you would see all these like famous artists and they you know they 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 going on tour they're in private planes you see all these things going on but then next thing you know you hear a story about you know and I'm not, I'm not pointing any fingers at anybody but then you heard like for instance the TLC story with Left Eye right. she was explaining how you know 
they made this amount, but they only seen this. So you, you know what I'm saying? Or, right. or even with like Little Wayne going through the baby thing where he was said, you know, oh, well, this guy owes me money. Like you would think like, nah, these guys are good. They're, you know, millionaires, they, they don't know. It's like, it's a lot of shady things that go on and it, and it's sometimes it could be your own people. And again, I'm not talking about anybody because I know sometimes people feel the type of way or whatever, but I'm just, you know, pointing out the facts of what's going on or what's common knowledge to what the world knows about. Right, right. Now, uh, back to the album with Best of Both Hoods. How, how did you feel about the rollout for that album and, and how it turned out? Did, did, was that an enjoyable process? Did you like the material? How, how did that come out for you? I mean, yeah, I liked the material. I picked it all. So, yeah, you know, I, I, I loved it. Um, you know, it was just something, again, that the world needed to hear. It was just something that needed to be put in the history of, you know, Staten Island music and who we are. And I, and I, and I also like to shout out because, again, I, 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 I said my beginnings, which I gave you my early beginnings, which was uh, Nucleus, Jam on it, Cosmo right. Dana. But it also, I also have beginnings with uh, the Force and D's, which is from Mercury oh, no from the Force and D's. He's also my mentor, or somebody that I would say, you know, I wouldn't be who I am today if he didn't, you know, make the moves that he made to put me in the position that I'm in. Right, legendary, legendary group from Staten Island, Force and D's. Right, you know, so Mercury was a big, you know, shout out to all of them, but. Mercury was a big part in my in my uh, career, you know, in, in my beginnings of my career to, you know, get out there. Like he's the one that brought me around certain cats. Like I was around Tupac, you know, early when when he just finished doing Juice and Sharkies. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like I, I I was around like cats like Biggie and, and and stuff like that. So these 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 things that you know I, I appreciate and you know most people. They not even had that experience. I was around Big L. I was around, you know, right. You know, Freaky Ty. I was around cats that was just, you know, R.I.P. Big L, Freaky Ty. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, so for me, it was just, it was an experience that I wouldn't change, or I wouldn't. I'm not mad at anybody. I don't feel no type of way because I know sometimes I I say whatever I say as far as the business is concerned, but. I don't feel I don't feel no type of way because I'm I'm all right I'm o, I'm okay I've always been a person who's always been you know a move shaker you know I've I've always you know maintained a, a good living so I'm I'm okay in my life but you know musically I every now and then I pop my head out because I. I hate, I hate what they putting out there, and sometimes I just, I get disgusted. I'm like, <laughs> what is this that they doing? And then, shots fired, you know, I, shots fired. It makes me, it makes me want to say something. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, you did mention Tupac and Biggie, some legends. Most pe people consider them, uh, you know, the twin towers of hip hop. I got a song with Big. Oh yeah. It's on the, uh, it's on the Ed Lover and Dr. Dre Who's the Man album. It's me, Ed Lover. Todd One and uh, Biggie Smalls. And I think Todd One passed away too. So rest in peace, Biggie Smalls and Todd One. R.I.P. So this is on the, yeah. the, the soundtrack to Who's the Man? Yeah, the Who's the Man album. If you go look at Ed Lover and Dr. Trey got an album called Who's the Man. Oh, okay. I got to check that out. Right. It's, it's, called, uh, it's called Who's the Man, actually. The song is called Who's the Man. It's me, Biggie. Ed Lover and Todd One. 
and a track and a track was done by the 45 Kings. A legendary producer. Yes, yes. That's so, the one where Ed Lover used to break down with the the the, the 900 number when he said do 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 do. Right, that's that's, that's, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes, sir, that guy. Speaking of legendary producers, you just mentioned Biggie and Tupac. Um, Easy Mobi has worked with both of them, and he also did production on your first album, Mystics of the God. How was it like working with him? Yeah, again, because again, we were all frequent around the same people and the same, you know, same again, the same people. Like you know, uh, yeah, it was it was great working with him. He's 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 phenomenal. He's dope. You know what I'm saying? No like. Even back in the days that he had, he had a group. It was called uh, Rapping is Fundamental. Right, R I F. Rapping is Fundamental. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. So you know what I'm saying. So you know your history. Yeah. <laughs> he's dope. I mean, it was it was great working with him. He's he's pretty easy going. I mean, you know, if there's something that you don't like, he 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 can switch it up. He can do whatever. It, it was dope. He definitely did. Uh, he did like two or three tracks on the album. Yeah, now, uh, two that I know of. we were talking about the Shaolin soldiers earlier. I want to kind of go move a little bit forward from that. And a couple of the members of Shaolin soldiers kept making music after that first album. One of them was Profess, also known as Fess Taylor. And then Leatherface and yourself moved on to do a compilation with you guy called Hillside Scramblers. How did, how did that come about? Yeah, shout out to Fess Taylor, one of the hardest, no matter of fact, not one of the hardest working of the Shadow Soldiers. First does not stop. He's always dropping albums, dropping music, doing videos. He's doing it all. So shout out clothing line. Shout out to Shout to out my, to, my, to the Millie Misfit, you know, Fest Taylor. That's my dog. That's my heart. I fucks with my boy. That's my dude right there. So you know. Um as far as the Hillside Scramblers is concerned. You got, obviously, you know, I guess there was a time where dudes were, I guess, like they were doing music, but they were coming back to the hood and kind of like snatching up cats that were still in the hood doing music. And one of them, obviously, you got hollered at my man Leatherface to come do some music with him. Mm-hmm. They had another name that they was going by. I wasn't crazy with that name at all. I won't even mention it. And long story short, they wanted me to jump on board and do music with guys and do whatever, like be a part of the whole group. And I really wasn't with it because I didn't like the goddamn name. What was the name? It's just, it just, it was, it was, it was stupid, man. I, if you, if you run into you guard or Leatherface in there, whatever, anytime you interview them guys, you can ask them. Like King just said, you guys had a name before Hillside Scramblers. What was it? Anyway, I was like, I'm not getting down unless the name changes, and therefore, this is why you have the birth of the Hillside Scramblers. So they were always there as a little team or working as a squad, but, you know, again, they were basically all, all my people that was not really, you know, again, I'm, I myself stopped doing music, right? So if I'm the guy that's, like, making the moves or doing whatever and not stop doing music... right. Other guys gotta make moves now, cause I I fall I fell back. So when you guard came around, he was you know basically offering a situation, and you know dudes jumped on it. So I wasn't mad at it. I jumped on a song or two. I even got my own song on the album. So 
I think that was one of my other stipulations. I was like, well, I ain't getting on there unless I get a, a song Solo for time. myself. Yeah. I, I needed a song by myself. But other than that, you know, the Hillside Scramblers, uh, I, again, that's just another Staten Island movement that dudes, you know, put together. Definitely good music on there. My man Leatherface, you know, I think, was on some of that production. Uh, maybe DJ Homicide, a couple of people would, you know, that was that was, you know, on that project that was pretty dope. Is is Leatherface still around making music? We got a new project out right now. <laughs> uh, it's my man is sick. He's a he's another Shallon soldier that was on uh, a couple of tracks of mine. It's like I got a song with Method Man called Three Amigos. So it's me, Method Man, and one of the Shallon soldiers named Sick, S-I-C, Shallon's Illus Creation. Dope. He got some music out right now with all of us on there right now. So we got a, it's called Power. So if you type in S-I-C, Power. If you type in King Just, Power. It's, uh, it's, it's me, Leatherface, Fest Taylor, and Sick. Dope. Now this is all, this is all a song or, or is it an album with all you guys on it? Nah, it's a, it's a song. We, you know, we, 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 we you know, we don't really want to jump and say that we're doing an album right now because a lot of us be doing a lot of different projects. So right. we all over the place. And, uh, you know, certain people live in different states and all of that. But um, other than that, uh, nah, we just got a project right now. It's just, you know, one song with this, you know, videos coming soon. And it's already done. We just got to, you know, get it together. And, um, yeah, you know, it's, we, we still out here. We we still here making music, man. But it's like, you know, it's an independent game, so you can just do whatever. I, I don't want to say it's like the Wild West. You can do what you want. But, you know, again, it's, it's no rules to it. So whenever I feel like dropping something and putting it out, I could do so. Right, right. Now, speaking of uh, the, the game these days and, and newer music, I noticed you have some stuff you put out recently. Could you tell some of the tell the listeners out there about some of the newer music you have one i heard never fall you put out a couple years ago is really really dope and it's got a video uh you've been releasing uh singles off and on over the past few years yeah here and there i drop you know joints and things of that nature uh produced by my man ram shout out to my man ram shout out to my man real job studios um yeah never fall and i got a new one called blind fury uh, we got another one dance on them. I mean, you know, I, I just be putting music out just to test the water, just to see, you know, what's out there, what's going on, what's the vibe. You know, checking to see, who, you know, who's still on the dance floor, who's still, who's still making it work. So, yeah, every now and then you gonna hear something from me until I, you know, feel like it's it's the right time and the right moment for me to actually go again and go hard for it, and you know. Cause I, I again, you, you never lose the love for it. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. You always something that always, I guess, pulls you back in and be like, you know what? I'm going in one more time. No but doubt. For me, uh, if it, if it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. So you know. Right. I, I gotta make sure that that that's you know that's that's priority. And speaking of that, are you available for guest features for some of the listeners out there and some of the up and coming artists that would like to maybe? Uh get you on a track sure, yeah i mean you know if you if you respect underground hip-hop you like my music and shit if you just want to give me your money like <laughs> i i'll take that too but 
you know, I, for me, it's not even always about the money. Right. It's always more or less about, uh, you know, the project and the, and the music itself. Like, right. what is it? What's the content? What is it talking about? I mean, I'm 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 cool with it. I I, I could do almost anything, but I prefer to do certain type of music. So, you know, here and there, you know, as times change, I've changed. So. You know, I'm, I, got, I got new things coming, so you're gonna be surprised because a lot of a lot of things that I've done. You know, I'm I'm a risk taker, so I say that to say I don't mind doing certain things. So when you know, like the new music now is like drill music, man. I got an album full of that. You know, they got they got a, another type of music called this type of music or whatever. I, I got an album full of that. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. I I don't mind. Like I do, I'll do it from reggae, R&B to to hip hop to country. I even got a country rap song. Like I'm not even playing. Like right, you know right. what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. there's nothing I don't do. So I, I I'm I'm well versed. But you know, again, my music. You know, again, I come from the era of you know my forefathers is you know KRS, King, Rakim, and Slick Rick. Right, right. You know, if if you're not making music to even you know what I mean? Like I, I, I can't even deal with you. But I, I, I like a lot of dudes that are out now that are that are doing music that, you know, a lot of people I guess don't pick them up as much. You know, the Joel Ortiz, the the Pat Poos, the, right, the Fabs, right. the, you know, you got the Mainos. You got, you know, you got a lot of cats that's out there, the Uncle Murders, uh, that's that's putting out good projects that are dope, and people are not, you know, showing them love. So how your fans that are interested in in working with you, how can they get a hold of you? I mean, I'm on social media. I, again, for me to sit here and tell you the name, like, you hit me at kingjust.com. Like, no, I'm, I, I'm not gonna lie to the people. I mean, I'm out there. If you know, you know, if you know somebody, or you know, you know somebody that knows somebody, that they, I'm I'm not too hard to get in touch with. You know what I mean? They can right. contact you if they if they must. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. If, they, if they know you, reach out to my man, and he he'll definitely hook y'all up with that. Uh, that's what's up now do you have any final words for our listeners out there uh to to take home with them while they're listening to this I mean, follow your dream you know don't don't let nobody stop you a lot of times you know it was told to me that I couldn't put out no music or, you know, and this is again in my younger years where, you know, you you, you might be r- rapping in your room or something and your mom be like, oh, turn that noise down or what you doing with that nonsense? You'll never make it nowhere. But then, you know, when at times when they might see you at an award show or they see you, you know, uh, you know, making music with certain rappers and seeing you on stage or your name even mentioned, you know, amongst the greats, it's like, oh, okay, he, he wasn't playing. Like, you know, he was he was serious about what he wanted to do. So, right. yeah, always follow your dream. Just, you know, you know, stay stay focused. Make sure that whatever you get yourself into, you know exactly what it is that you're getting into. Make sure you study it. Make sure, you know, you, you honor the craft. And, you know, you know, dudes don't, I don't not to say that they got to pay homage, but at least know where it came from. Know, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. 
a scientist can't can't just come in and say, well, I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to study this. I know he got to study all types of aspects of science in order for him to know what he's studying. Right, so right. So it's the same thing. So you know, with this craft, you know, know where the music comes from, know who the forefathers are, know know who the guys that paved the way, so that you know you could learn from their mistakes and do it better. I couldn't have said it better. Thanks for uh, joining yes, us today, brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I appreciate, appreciate it, it man. Yeah. I appreciate it as well. Well, uh, if you got a new release, we'll be sure to have you back to talk about it. Definitely. You make sure I make sure you get the first joint when it when it come through. You already know how to depress us. That's what's up. Give it up, Stat everybody. Land is mine cause I own it. King Just, you already know, man. Signing off, you heard? Yeah, King Just. Thanks for listening to Coffee Talk. Are you interested in appearing on the podcast? Reach out to me at coffee.talk at gmail.com. Business owners and entrepreneurs are welcome. Sponsorship packages are available to have your product or service featured on Coffee Talk. Once again, that email is coffee.talk at gmail.com. That's K-A-F-I dot talk at gmail.com.